0: Hello and welcome to Security and Secure, the podcast where it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. My guest this week has been on our TV screens for the past two decades. It's likely you've grown up with her, watching home game shows such as 5050 50 Saturday morning TV of the Saturday show, magazine shows such as Exchange, and consumer shows such as Short Change. She's also done loads of adult TV, but let's be honest, we've had a year of COVID and we need nostalgia. We need to go back to our childhood where things are all happy. I'm delighted to say joining me this week is Angelica Bell to talk nostalgia and also her work of ASDA. Hello, Angelica.
1: Hi, Johnny. Good to hear from you. It's been a lot. We've been in contact for many, many years, haven't we? Well, this is the thing. I
0: grew up with you. So it's that weird thing. And I'm sure you've seen this a lot of the people that you end up working with are the people that grew up watching you on TV because they want to bring their childhood over. The amount of CBBC presenters I've brought to the radio just because I grew up with them is amazing.
1: I know. It is, it is um, weird when you look back. I still think it was only yesterday that I was on CBBC and they were fantastic years. And like the moment where I got that job at CBBC, it just changed my life. And I got to work on so many amazing shows, like you mentioned there, like Fifty Fifty, Short Change, um, and that's where I learnt my craft. Live television, you know, pre-recorded, out and about, road shows. I had the best time um, of my life, and but I think I didn't realise the impact CBBC and all the presenters there had on that generation, because that was when CBBC was still on BBC One. And, we, you know, we were linking into neighbours. So sometimes we were, you know, there was about six to seven million people watching um, at that time. And I don't think I it really sunk in what I was doing and, and, and how, you know, we would influence that sort of generation. And now looking back on it, we're just like, oh, those days were amazing. Because I don't think children's telly or TV programmes are made in the same sort of way. Well,
0: also you had that weird thing that, At 3.45, at the beginning, when you would start your presentation, you were doing, for example, Bodger and Badger. And then that was one audience, but then the new audience would come in at 4.30 for Grange Hill. Then the new audience would come in for Neighbours. It's the only time you're really speaking to three audiences at the same time.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, at the early start of the afternoons was preschool. And often I'd work with the puppets and we'd be showing pictures and it was, you know, you were talking... Talking to a younger audience, and all of a sudden it would switch. Um, to, I think it was about ten past four when we'd play like Bodger Badger, Rugrats, those Moana the Vampire, those sort of shows would come on, and it would there'd be a slight gear change, and then all of a sudden it was into Newsround. Come out, come out of Blue Peter Newsround, and you were heading into Neighbours. So yeah, it was it was it, it was a real learning curve. You know, we were produced. We, you know, we were, it was like school, um, the broadcasting teaching that we had and and how to present so at the time I think you take it for granted but looking back I think that's why I'm still working and doing bits and bobs simply because I had that huge breadth of experience taught to me
0: and that's that weird thing because for those that don't know it was almost all down to Philip Schofield he was the one who started the broom and he was the one who basically had seven minutes to fill and he had a box of letters by him and that's how those cards originally started, reading out those birthday cards and that whole idea of presentation.
1: Yeah, no, Philip was amazing. You know, Philip, Andy Peters, I think Andy Crane, all those guys, you know, they had to keep the audience engaged for those, you know, for that period on their own. They built it up, set set it on its, set the, you know, the wheels in motion, and they got bigger and bigger. Um, and when I got to TC9, it was a bigger studio then. We looked out onto the Blue Peter Garden, had the balcony. Bands would come in, perform in the, in the garden. And we, You know, the summer mornings, hot, all those games we had to play. You know, it was, you know, they set it off and then made it what it was because it got bigger and bigger.
0: Well, TC9 always will have a special place in my heart. And for those that don't know, obviously, have television centre, which everyone knows as the famous dome, and just to the left, so where this morning is now, just a little bit further down on that side of the building was TC9, Television Center 9, which had CBBC. So, you know, you had the CBBC channel studio, but you also had the two split channels for when you were doing CBBC on BBC One, and then the other side after you'd moved away from Exchange. And just the memories, and you're right, looking over the Blue Peter Garden, for again, a generation, that was what presentation was like. You wanted to watch eight minutes of you dressing up as a big chicken Christmas for pudding. an Easter game. Christmas, Christmas yeah, pudding. Exactly. What were your memories though? Because you had obviously Blue Peter being filmed just by you. You had a uh, Top of the Pops obviously by you as well. What was your memories of working in Television Centre when you were off camera?
1: It was like a hive of activity. I mean, sometimes I'd have to pinch myself. You'd walk around and you'd just see like Bruce Forsyth walking around. Um, or I remember when I first started to see BBC, you'd walk to the main entrance stage door and then the Spice Girls would walk in and there'd been all this hustle and bustle, you know, people there, this, you know, there's always, there were always big names on the dressing room doors. You'd walk walk around the donut thinking, oh my goodness, is someone going to come out and you'd see it. I mean, once I snuck into a studio and saw a live recording of a show, you know, just, there's so many memories that you just think this is insane, you know, and one minute I was, just temping, trying to make, you know, make ends me thinking about what I was going to do. The next thing I got the job at CBBC, and my life changed. And it was, I felt really blessed. I still feel really blessed now that I had, was given those opportunities. But, you know, I still felt out of my depth. So I was like, what on earth is this? Especially because growing up, you'd see the iconic television centre and that donut, as they call it, you know, on the, on the sort of, top shots the top (laughs) amazing shots the cameras would get and then there I was walking around it Um, but it was easy to get lost in that place you know there's so many floors so many offices walking around and stuff but ever grateful to all the security all the security guards and the guys that worked in the the women and, and the guys that worked in the canteen they they were amazing they they looked after me as well there were some good people doing all sorts of jobs at all sorts of levels who always have a special place in my heart
0: And you did so many jobs yourself. The fact you were doing a consumer show, the fact you did a Saturday morning show, the fact that you did Exchange, which was a magazine morning show, you were very versatile as a presenter. What did you enjoy about this And Were there any shows that you wanted to do that you couldn't get
1: to do? I genuinely, I worked on some amazing shows, but I genuinely love the buzz of presentation the most, working with Andrew Hayden-Smith. That is that adrenaline buzz, not knowing what's going to happen next. The interaction with the audience and children emailing in, um, the guests coming in, you know, you'd, you know, while the program's on, you come, guests would come in and quickly have a chat and then it, you don't know what would happen. I think that is what I love the most. I mean, short working on short change with Rodri and Otis was brilliant because I think that show sort of gave young people a voice and empowered them. So that was the best show. So that show I did and Prayers were my highlights. I just loved them, but I was so grateful to work. I think I did That's Genius. I think I did a science based show as well. Um, and 5050 was fantastic because it was full of inflatables. But it was just a bit. What was frustrating about 5050 was it was filmed in Scotland and none of the schools in England could really participate because they were too far away. So that was the only downfall of 5050 because I remember. Everyone come up to me going, we wanted to go on that show, but we weren't allowed. And I was like, I know, it was the distance. <laughs> so that was a bit frustrating. When there's that nostalgia, which you talked about at the start, because there was so much involvement and children felt part of CBBC. They felt part of the narrative. And having their letters read out instantly, and you don't have that anymore. I think that's, that's a real shame. But what can you do? I mean... I don't know. It's, I don't know. I think once CBBC came off BBC One, it was tricky. It didn't have that buzz. It didn't feel like it was an event. You know, you'd come back from school and it'd be, that was it. Everyone was watching CBBC. It would go to neighbours and then sort of the adults could take back the television if they wanted to. Whereas now, there's so many places to go to get that sort of buzz. Um, I don't think it's, it's as much of an event as it used to be.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And also, I remember when you and Simon Grant left and it was the kind of, fourth incarnation of the studio in TC9 and then Gemma Hunt came in and I mean Gemma had been there for a couple of years already but Gemma came in and basically just did all her presentation behind the green screen and I think that's when we really went okay well presentation doesn't really exist anymore or when Nelly Nutt came in around I think 2004-ish and they were like we'll just use Nelly Nutt to do links rather than actually use proper Envision hosts.
1: And also then it was they were also BBC were thinking about moving CBBC to Manchester then as well so it was sort of like that that slow process of change. And yeah, I think you've got a point there. It's when you haven't got the, the tangible presenter. Also, a lot, we, because we were doing it for so many years, a lot of children were growing up with us. We were like their friends, their mates. And it was almost like when we go, you know, I felt bad for leaving. I felt I was deserting loads of children. because You were. You know, yeah. <laughs> I
0: had three of your cast cards. I had your, Original cast card, but I had Adrian Dixon and Michael and Anna Bolton on it. Then I had your new one when the bugs came in, and then I had your exchange one. So you did desert me, even though I was probably about 15 years old by then.
1: <laughs> and Well, can you know that the struggle was hard for me on my side? Just so you know, I was literally like, "Shall I stay? Shall I stay?" And there were, you know, see, we see, like, you know, you can stay. We want you to stay. And I was thinking, gosh, I've got to. But you know what, it's funny. Sometimes I think, gosh, I wouldn't mind just doing an afternoon with Andrew right now. <laughs> I might ring them up and say, can Andrew and I just come and do an afternoon for you and have a laugh? You know, oh, I would
0: absolutely love that. They've just brought back Tracy Beaver for three episodes. Tracy Beaver I know. Band, and they brought back Tracy and Cam and Justin. And again, nostalgia is so big. I think, even if you do that for YouTube, just you, I watch, I, 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 I shouldn't admit it, but I still go on and just watch CBBC Continuity Early noughties on YouTube. There's such a buzz around it. I think you and Andrew together again would be brilliant on YouTube.
1: Oh yeah, we should just do a mock-up, of a little show, and put inserts of little of the old shows, just and play the theme tunes and just, all, you know, reflect back and stuff. that would be quite fun. We should do it. We'll do
0: it like when Michael got his job originally, because he, he did that uh, TV show with Gabby Roslin when they were looking for a new presenter. And you could just do it like that. Literally, make a mock-up of the stage, get some birthday cards ready in the box, and yeah, just do a mock-up.
1: Yeah, I know. You're giving, ooh, you're giving us some ideas there, aren't
0: you? I'm producing this, by the way. You do know that.
1: <laughs> Wait, it's your copyright. It's you, You're you in control. You come up with it.
0: And talking about events, obviously you said you did those big events. I remember you did CBBC in Hyde Park, and that was where kids got to have their own version of a concert, and it had the uh, BBC orchestra behind. And I even remember, that is how I actually, funnily enough, got into radio, because that's where they put the adverts on the screen for the first time about the Big Toe radio show, and that's how my radio career begun because i started presenting for them
1: we were so lucky to have those opportunities those big live opportunities as well as working on on television and to travel up and down the country to do amazing things it was insane and that is why people like kirsten and um, all the others presenters from CBC, you know lots of them are still working and doing different things and different genres um because we got such such a good grounding in broadcasting and yeah, and the Big Toe radio show was it, was, it was of that, it was new and it was exciting. It was a real mix of characters and looks and people and, and that's what I loved about it because it was different. It gave, it gave people opportunities no matter where they were from or, you know, their backgrounds and we were just all having fun.
0: And that was, I would thing, it was really diverse, especially, you know, obviously in the past year we've looked at diversity a lot more in the media but for me and this might be very different for you I thought CBC was very diverse at the time already
1: yeah I did I totally did I didn't it's funny whilst working there I just thought this is amazing I, in fact I didn't even think about it because I just thought this is just normal life because there's lots of different people from different backgrounds and it, and it was diverse it was only afterwards I was like oh my gosh that's when it I realized I was really fortunate um to be working with talented people um, who could teach me and nobody, nobody really you know everyone just got on with it but it but you're right i think there was only little pockets where that diversity was accepted do you see what i mean did you ever get
0: turned down from any jobs then because of diversity because at the time it seemed to be that you were everywhere and kind of as we've already discussed dominating a lot of the different types of cbbc shows that were big at the time
1: but in cbbc i do not think it worked like that they were just they just gave me jobs, because I was Angelica. Uh, but if I was turned down for a job because of diversity, I wouldn't know.
0: You'd have to, mm. ask,
1: those, you'd have to ask those people that were giving out the jobs. See what well, I mean? I'm
0: never going to be able to find them, because you've been everywhere. And obviously, you've done loads of adult TV in, in your time, like The One Show and Martin Ozil Show. And then last year, there were these stories that you were going to be doing Strictly Come Dancing. And I got so excited. I thought, yes! I'm going to be backing you all the way to the win and obviously I've grown up with you on TV and then you didn't appear in the lineup.
1: but Do you know what? I don't even know where that came out because nobody's ever picked up the phone and asked me to do Strictly.
0: Really? Because normally no. these rumours are based on conversations that have been had. No. Even if you're going to say they didn't happen. you th- I'm telling you it now.
1: I'm telling you now. I've got no reason. I've never... No one's ever said... I've never been in the running. Never. No one's ever... No. So I didn't, when that came out, I literally was like, what? And then everyone was messaging me, you're going to do tricks. I was like, no. And everyone was like, you're not telling the truth. I'm like, I'm telling you, this is news to me. So oh, you got to hear first. Or no one, I've never been in the lineup or can, I don't think I've ever, well, who knows? Because I've never, I've never been spoken to about it really.
0: <laughs> You've not done any reality TV really, have you? Would you, is there a reason for that? Or have you just not been uh, asked? Just not been asked oh that's not good is it
1: well no because i don't think i think i don't know i just not i think i'm pretty boring <laughs> and they're probably thinking nah she's not that exciting and, um you know there's probably there's loads of people who i don't know really i've never thought about it i watch i like watching street i love actually i love watching strictly i'm watching dancing on ice at the moment going oh my goodness um But I never watch things stuff. I never think I should be doing something. Or I never think. I just think whatever's meant for you comes to you. So I don't really. Because I enjoy watching at home. I look at the guys doing Strictly. And I'm thinking how do they learn those steps? I just couldn't do it. Do you know what I mean? I'm just like how do they learn those steps every week? So I enjoy the experience of watching. I don't think it would be as fun being on it. Can you imagine the stress?
0: Well that's the thing. And also I think for you and Michael especially. You've got a split life you've got a life in the media where you're both doing radio you're both doing tv but then you've also got a family life and michael's obviously a teacher as well so it's not like you are just solely in it for the media you want to have the family life as much as you want to have the media present
1: yeah you know you're right and um we are quite private and uh, you know what it is it is family life but it's also your own life and i think this is something that i think a lot of people have it's been highlighted in the last year is about time for yourself and especially when you're forced to take time for yourself, you actually think about what do I want to do? Do we want to go on, you know, you know go in life on the, this rat run the whole time? And then you get to a point where you're like, oh, my goodness, it's all done. What did I what do I do for me? So I just I am very much into balance and and there is two sides to it. You know, I've got that TV bit and then I've got, I've got to take the washing out of the machine as well.
0: <laughs> no no you don't do that i can't i can't ever picture you doing the normal housework.
1: Hun literally saturday morning you've seen clean the bathroom no one will ever clean the ba- bathroom as well as you your own bathroom so i like i i like it i like i still got my, I've got my oyster card obviously haven't been on the bus for the last year but get on the bus just i just want to i like normality i, th- I just love normality Well this is
0: the thing with Covid obviously, I would have expected if schools were shut pre-Covid you'd have got a nanny in but you've been homeschooling yourself and you've worked with ASDA on this as well and there's a lot of research that's been done into homeschooling as we're now finally out of it, yes. So what's ASDA told you?
1: I heard about this campaign, I really wanted to get involved because yeah I have been one of those parent teachers who have spent a lot of time doing lessons myself, I've even done some of the homework. And you know, it's been there's been ups and downs. You know, where you just think, gosh, this is relentless, or or feeling the pressure of getting homework in, or you know, having to research a different topic to refresh my brain and stuff. But parents, there's been so many people who have been amazing at keeping keeping life going. And you've got key workers, doctors, nurses, everyone. Parents have had to to help out as well with this homeschooling, with schools being shut. And so I think this is a good way to to celebrate what's been done with this last day of homeschool bundle that ASDA have and sort of say well done parents you know you've done a great job Um, and they've done some research I think research is always always telling like you said and showed that 24% of parents found home teaching to be very stressful so there's been a lot of parents who've been working at the same time plus homeschooling and a lot of parents are looking forward to the end of it you know, eighty-five percent said they were. And that's not because they don't love their children, it's because we are sort of craving for that little bit of normality. So as they wanted to celebrate parents, um and give them this bundle with, you know, a bit of prosecco, little home treats. Can you imagine Friday? It's gonna be fun. Um just to say, well done, toast yourselves. Um and I just think that's great. Really good. I think it's what fun as well. It's all sort of like it's it's marking the end of term, isn't it? Our own end of term, what we've had and fingers fingers crossed that it is the end term all children will you know have that sort of camaraderie go back to school and love that energy that they have
0: surely for you Angelica you've had to do double the work because you'd have had to do a load of here's one that I made earlier so that <laughs>
1: I'm not gonna lie my little ones have been blessed because I've got two ex CBBC or CBBC CITV presenters at home but we don't well.
0: talk about the CITV, but we, like, you know, I know Michael went and did Jungle One. We honestly don't talk about that. And Ministry of Mayhem, he kind of dumped shit.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, we'll move, on. we'll move on from that. So, yeah, no, they they were lucky. And, and, you know, I've just tried to make it interesting, sort of, you know, with maths. Sometimes I use baking and put different measurements out and say, you've got to make this and weigh that. If you take that away. You know, I've just tried to think out the box, but also for them, but also for me, so that it's, it's fun for me, and I've even taken part in some of that. I've got, some, I've got my own file of um, homeschooling, where I've done some of the work on Diwali, um, some of my maths. And it, it's just, I've just tried to make it as pleasurable as possible for, for all of us. Um, and I know a lot of my friends have done the same. They're trying to think of you know, exciting ways to keep homeschooling homeschooling and, and children motivated. It will be strange next week, but I do think we need to mark the occasion Um, with this bundle, Last Day of Homeschool bundle, um, which people can get on the ASDA website, asda.com.
0: Angelica Bell, you've been amazing. Do you know what, I just think we all needed nostalgia this week. I think, you know, as much as Homeschooling is ending and things are marking one year of COVID. I just think we've got to go back to our charters and if I could relive it again, it would be with you. Thank you, Angela, for talking to me, Johnny Seeber on Secure, the Insecure.